When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. This is Ace Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, goal! Go hey! gets a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise, here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live. Turn me up a little bit. There you go. We are on the field, ready to rock. We got a great show for you once again today. One of my all-time favorites. It's just because who he is. What he represents, what he brings to the party. You just you can't fake this. Guys like this, you can't fake it. It's one of the reasons why I love Johnny Gomes. It's one of the reasons why I love Rex Hudler. It's when you've got guys that every day that they are on this planet is a day that you bring it. It's a day that you're not faking it. There's nothing to fake here. This is who I am. I'm a guy that's out to, to, to get as much out of the day as I can. I respect those kind of guys. And the reason why they made the money they made, they played in this game as long as they have played, and why they continue to stay in this game and make money is because of that attitude. It's the type of attitude everybody in life wish they had. We don't all have that because a lot of us, we wake up every day. Some days are good. Some days are bad. Sometimes we're happy. Sometimes we're sad. I, I, I don't know what it is, but there's a very select few in this life who wake up every day ready to rock positive. Let's tackle the day. And one of those guys is the great Rex Hudler. And whenever we can have him from his days back with the Angels now with the Royals, when we can get the HUD man on the program, it's a great day. So be prepared to fire be fired up because with HUD man, he makes you want to run through the wall. And I love talking stories. He's from Fresno. He's a Northern California guy. I love talking football with him. As, was it Notre Dame? It was Notre Dame, right, that was looking at him out of high school? I believe that's what he told us before. Like he had all kinds of scholarship offers, but the Yankees drafted him. The legendary scout, Gary Hughes, who we all know, uh, was so instrumental around here with the athletics and people with the A's and the relationships. And Gary Hughes was the guy that drafted him. But the HUD man will be here at 415. 5 o'clock, 
Eno Saris is going to be here. And our national baseball columnist from The Athletic, we're going we're gonna to get into We're going to do a deep dive into what happens when a team and their research and data department, their R&D department, they take a guy, like let's just say the Dodgers. They look at Lance Lynn, and they say, Lance Lynn has what it takes to get people out. And right now, because he's struggling, we can get – you need to get over there for the breaking news. Not, Hold on. Yeah, I'm going to okay. get to that in a second. But you get Lance Lynn, and we're going to bring him in here, but we're going to change him because we see stuff that we're going to change. Obviously, the Dodgers have done that with Lance Lynn. Were they 3-0 and with him on the mound? Yeah. Or 4-0. 3-0, 4-0, 3-0, He would have made oh, – he might have made four starts now. Whatever it is, it's been good. Well, that is a really interesting process that I want to get into with Eno. Taking other people's players and making them better. By the way, it doesn't always work. And the player doesn't always buy in. And the whole cloak and dagger – this allows me to get back into the cloak and dagger of where we are in baseball, which I don't know if it's healthy or not in baseball, but the fact that even in organizations like the Dodgers, their people don't all talk to each other. And the reason why is the Dodgers know that they're going to lose people who are going to go to other organizations, so they don't want to allow them into all the secrets. You only get to see a little bit. It's kind of like the CIA, for God's sakes. We'll talk about that with Eno Saris coming up here at 5 o'clock. Taylor Hearn from the Royals will join us. We talked about him, pitch yesterday. We talked about him. We'll get a little bit into baseball, the Royals and the A's, and then also his family's legacy as African-Americans in the rodeo. His grandfather is in the Rodeo Hall of Fame, the Texas Hall of Fame, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, and when he gets done, how big is he, 6'6"? Yeah, he's a big dude. He's going to be in rodeo when he's done as a player, so we'll get into that. It's a fascinating story at 545. Uh, you're, you're bearing uh, Mr. Country star Brent Rooker after BP. Oh, I forgot. Well, you don't have it written down. Well, it was after I printed it, so. Well, I'm like Will Ferrell. I just you read what's in front of what's you. What's in front of me, Anchorman, if it's not on the page, that's Brent, your job. Brent Rooker on front of the on stage yesterday. Who was it? Uh, what's his name? I don't know country. Zach Bryan, is that his name? Zach Bryan. Yeah. How do you not know Zach Bryan? I don't listen to country music. How, seriously. You know what? Everybody out there, you're with me, right? You all know who Zach Bryan is. Like, we all could sit here and name all of his songs. Name one. <laughs> hey, there was 18,000 people there I know, last was, night. I, there was a bunch of people going out when I was leaving last night. So, there was – he went late. Because yeah. what time What time was – what time did I, I get done with the clubhouse show? Oh, let's see. I put that up around – it's like oh, 10.30-ish. So usually when I leave here at night doing the A's Clubhouse Show, which you can call 833-625-2278, talk a little A's baseball, talk Major League Baseball, whatever you want to get into, 833-625-2278. Usually when I'm out of here, I'm the only car left in the lot, except that people are cleaning up the stadium. It's like me and people are working on the stadium. That's it. Full packed parking lot. Like, they weren't – the concert wasn't done. There was, like, the people want to get out early. They were starting to leave. But I was shocked how many people were still – like, the majority of the parking lot was packed. Yeah, uh, what, Brent did the, the encore, I think, for him. So he's up on the stage in his jersey and singing. He's a, 
I, I don't have Spotify, but I guess on Spotify you're ranked as how much you listen. Is that correct? Yes. I, I don't I don't use it as a lot, but that's yes, that's how it works. He's top one percent yeah. of Zach Bryan. Once again, we, we might want to learn all some songs, or you might want to get some songs before we uh, – We can go. It's a quick Google search. Uh, we have a crack staff. They look, they're big country fans. All right. We do have breaking baseball news. This is not going to be sarcastic. This is not us trying to be funny, which I know is usually 80 85% of the show. We actually have breaking news. Live from the ABC Sports Desk in New York, I'm Chris Townsend. What is our breaking news? So it came out earlier. Um, the White Sox put it out on their Twitter, and then Jeff uh, Jeff Passan from ESPN also put it. But the Chicago White Sox announced that Kenny Williams, executive vice president, and Rick Hahn, senior vice president and general manager, have been relieved of their responsibilities effective immediately. So wow. Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn, both out for the – Chicago White Sox. Wow. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, baseball Betty's here. Wow. This is huge news. You're talking about Kenny Williams, obviously from Oakland. I believe he was born in Berkeley, though, but he grew up in Oakland, went to Stanford. Uh, we've had him on the show many times. Uh, was a player, never lived up to being the player. That's a great ba- – ba- Betty, come here. Come here. Just show him the great baseball Betty. One of our great – loyal listeners one of our great loyal Go away. she is the best um i've known kenny williams forever was first introduced to kenny williams by billy bean and kenny obviously helped lead them to the world series title stopped being gm took over was it president was his duties well, what did they say his duties yeah, are? I, have, I think I saw the tweet open. Give me a second. They won the World Series, what, in 05? 05, yeah. 05. Jeff Blummer. Blum, Blum, the legendary hero. Uh, he is the executive vice president. Okay. I can't keep up with all these guys' titles. Executive vice president. And Rick Hahn was the senior vice president and general manager. Jerry Reinsdorf treated Kenny Williams like a son. Jerry Reinsdorf, and I think we learned in the last dance – with the Chicago Bulls, that Reinsdorf, whether he's right or wrong, he's loyal to a fault. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Like, you learn, yeah. like, the sports world all sat there and said, ha, huh, Michael Jordan, you heard of him? He's a good little, he was a good baseball player. Good, good, little, little, good little baseball player? <laughs> Birmingham Baron? Yeah, yeah. T- Terry Francona was the manager. Uh He's one of yeah. I would I would say I don't want to go on a lit, but Jordan was one of the better basketball players in the history of the game. Yeah, he might be in the top three, maybe top five of some people's lists. I mean, uh, Warrior fans, he would make your Mount Ru- your Mount Rushmore because your Mount Rushmore is going to be Steph, Clay, Clay, Dre, Rick Barry, Rick Barry, maybe, maybe Kevin Sh- Kevin Durant, Sharunas Marcelo, um, but, uh, Bobby uh, Sarah, the great bot out of oh. Uh, Arizona State. The great Florida State Seminole Florida Bobby Sarah. I did a, I did a couple shows with Bobby Sarah. Uh, but to be honest, you saw Phil Jackson, you saw Michael Jordan, and you saw loyalty to Jerry Krause from Jerry Reinsdorf and not to Jordan and not to and not to Phil. 
it's insane, right? It was insane. But in the end, he's loyal. So he has been loyal to Kenny Williams. Do you realize Kenny Williams, the man who just is being released of his duties, has been in charge of the Chicago White Sox since 2000. It's a long time. Second longest tenure behind only Cashman, right? Yes. Billy Bean was the longest tenured. Then it was Cashman. Well, Bean kind of stepped down, even though he, he's still with the team, so it became Cashman. Kenny Williams was next. Guys, 2000. 2000. Think about where we got to go to. I wasn't even married. I just celebrated my 22nd wedding anniversary. I would have been 11 then. Think about where all of you were in 2000. Jason Giambi was the MVP. Yes. Well, he was on the way to being the MVP. The start Well, it of, depends on what he's talking Yes, 2000. Just yes. 2000. Yeah. It's the start of the Moneyball era. Really? 99, 2000? I mean, this is how we just honored the 0-2 team, the Moneyball team. That's how long Kenny Williams has been in charge of a Major League Baseball franchise. One of the things that I loved about Kenny, because, you know, for years before they just finally gave us the booth, our booth in the press box used to also be the booth for the visiting general manager. Well, Kenny, being from here, always had friends. So I do the pregame show. Whenever the White Sox were in town, first first game of the series, he would come on to the pregame show. But once I was done, I'd get out, and he'd come in. There was always cocktails in the booth, empty, because his posse would come in, and he'd have all kinds of people. And I believe for many years, Kenny was single and saw some people come into the booth. They'd be coming out as I'd be coming in for the postgame show, and we'd fist bump. Right on, Kenny. Kenny was living a good life. I think he was divorced. I can relate to that. He had, he had, now that he's, not, well, now that he's, he had flat out parties in the booth. Like, literally would have multiple women in, in the booth, and they had drinks going on, and they'd be piled up drinks. And then I'd come in, hey, great. And then I'd do the postgame show, and they were out of there. I'll never forget that. I was like, wow. I, Is that going to go in the book? Nobody else did this. Nobody else. That's a chapter in your book when you nobody read it. Nobody else did this. Kenny Williams. I was always like, right on. We'd fist pump. I'd be like, right on. Stanford great Kenny Williams. But uh, shocking because of how loyal. But it shows you, all right, Reinsdorf at, 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 at his, at, at, he's done, right? He, and he's 87, 86 Somewhere. He's in his mid-80s, yeah. So, Reinsdorf brought in Tony LaRussa, didn't work. People wanted to blame it all on LaRussa. Last year, they finished 81 and 81. They've, they have just underachieved and underachieved and underachieved. You thought they were just going to trade everybody and go into rebuild mode. But the question was, are you going to go into rebuild mode with Randy Hahn and Kenny Williams? Rick Hahn. Rick Hahn. Randy Hahn. Randy. Oh, Sharks. That's, that's, come on. Sharks legend Randy Hahn. Uh, really shocking news. Uh, it'll be interesting to get uh, the HUD man's take uh, on it because finally Jer- Jerry Reinsdorf, loyalty okay, to the end. But wouldn't you say, I mean, at some point he had to make a move and the White Sox are going to be in full transition. Now they're talking about, you know, potentially leaving their stadium. Who knows what the politics will be, but they're leaving there. And that's something we could get into because a lot has been made just about Oakland because we live in that world. A lot has been made about Tampa. But now you're starting to see, for all you expansion people, that you think expansion's right around the corner. Let me tell you something. I've kind of kept quiet on this. 
You're kidding yourself. Mark my words, you're kidding yourself. Anaheim, Milwaukee, Chicago. There's a lot of teams that need their situations to be right before you think expansion is coming. I'm just telling you. Let's, let's do that man now. Let's, you ready to go now? It's 4.15. Let's rock. Let's get him on right here. And before I, I butter him up about how much we love him and bringing him back to Northern California, in your division, breaking news, you know, the White Sox, we were just talking about it. You've been following it for all these years. Jerry Reinsdorf has been one of the most loyal guys. I mean, we talked about the last dance and Jerry Krause versus Phil Jackson, but he's always just been loyal to a fault. Kenny Williams has been there running the White Sox since 2000. Uh, how about basically telling the front office they're done after all these years, the White Sox officially going in a different direction? Really? Yeah, it's well, just come th down. That's news for me. How crazy is that? Wow. You know, lots gone on there. A lot of drama the last couple of seasons with La Russa. And I remember we were in town when Tony was sick, but I saw him on the field, and they said yeah. he was, he was going to retire. or there, he, was, he was just going to leave. And I remember Reinsdorf was over there on the phone, and he always is so, so – what a class act he is. He, he always speaks to me. I'm just a broad, broadcaster, ex-ball player, you know. And he looks at me like I'm somebody, and he always stops and says, hey, shakes my hand. And just from being there, being the broadcast world for the last 23 years and play, he has a great mind for sports. Uh, he's one of the iconic owners of all time. But if he wants to say it's changed for a direction, now he's still going to stay at the helm, isn't he? Yes. Oh, okay. Reinsdorf's, yeah. Reinsdorf is, is, is like the – if you look at Jerry Jones as NFL owners being the top dog – Reinsdorf right now would be that guy in Major League Baseball. For sure. Yeah. And before him, a guy named George Steinbrenner. Those guys, are, those guys are Hall of Famers. They should be put in. They've changed our game in a lot of different ways, especially George. He'll get in eventually. But having, having played for him and being his first number one pick, George Steinbrenner, I understand that, that ownership uh, caliber. These guys get involved, not just as far as making decisions, but they are heavily involved in what goes on. I, I never believe it with George Steinbrenner. What it was like with, with George. George was involved with everything. You know, if, there was, if, the, if the lettuce was wilting, he would say, who's in charge of this? I mean, <laughs> like he, was, he, was, he ran a tight ship and a beautiful ship. Reinsdorf, same way, except a lot less passionate. Well, I, I said this before you came on. There, there's a few people in this game that, and there's very few, few people in life who wake up every single day to seize the day. And it's sad. I wish everybody would wake up, seize the day, be happy. Let's go get them. A lot of people aren't wired like that. You are one of the people, ever since I interviewed you as a player, all your years with the Angels, now all the years with the Royals, you're ready. Every day you wake up, it's seize the day. What is that like Chris, being Rex Hudler? Come on, man! Look, it's no—he's nobody special. He, but he's been a blessed man to be able to have been in baseball for over 40 years, playing baseball for 23 of um, 21 years and 23 years of broadcast has been so much fun. And you never take a day of baseball for granted, because look, none of us are guaranteed. We can't control the the the, the, the crazy guy out the, uh, on the streets that T-bones us and whacks us and we get broken legs. We can't play baseball anymore. I remember how much fun it was to be able to have that per appreciation and that respect of, of never being guaranteed anything. And being around this game of baseball, you get to meet people, you get to travel. Right now I'm having so much fun going to the different cities. And, you know, so that's a, that's a privilege, and it's not going to last forever. 
you know, we somebody's young kid's going to take my spot up in the booth someday, and heck, I, you know, I'll be done, or 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 I get whacked and I get killed. You look, <laughs> you just never know. So so look, I always no uh, one's taking your job. Hey, You're Rex Butler for yeah, God's but sake. Hey, no, look, you know what? This is so exciting. You're timeless. Game. But you know what? Looking over here, seeing my old room dog Aldo and. And, uh, yeah. and and playing against Kotze, you know, what a gamer battler he was. I was at the end of my career when he was just coming in, and to be able to see him have a great career, and now he's a skipper. Yeah. It's just so much fun to have been able to broadcast a lot of these guys' careers, you know, and, and be able to see him and go meet him and, and have a pass that lets me in to wherever I want to go on the field. That's a beautiful thing. I can come down here and meet some of your star players. Hey, how about this? Everybody, even if guy you guys you didn't play with, but the relationships eat that you have with guys even that you didn't play, because they all love the way you played. They all love what you represented. There's something about that even the opposing <laughs> guys loved you. Well, you know what? The opposing, in our day, it was a little different. I was more, I was a dangerous player, and I wasn't the same guy on the field between the lines I am off the field because I was just brought up to always hustle. A great my, One of the greatest coaches I ever had, managers, was my high school coach named Mike Noakes who graduated from Berkeley here. And he came, went in to settle in Fresno as one of the f most fantastic amateur coaches in all of the country. And Mike Noakes, he's in his 80s now. He's still alive, still comes. Really? And, and you know what I did? I was blessed to play for Yogi, Billy, Earl. I got to play for, for Whitey Herzog. I got to play for Joe Torre, Terry Francona. I mean, the skippers that I got to play for wow. off the charts. Yeah. And I can brag on that because I had yeah. nothing to do with it. Except, you know, Earl Weaver traded for me. Whitey Herzog traded for me. So you got, I only got traded twice in my career. Both by Hall of Fame managers. I love it. Who would you have played for at Notre Dame football? Some guy named Dan Devine. <laughs> and the quarterback was some was some guy some guy named Joe Montana. Yes, believe it. So that would have been special. Oh, oh man. Great. And you know the thing about it is great Dan Devine. He's you know, yeah. he, he coached in Missouri, so all the people in Kansas City know of Dan Devine. It's so yeah. fun to tell what a classy guy he is. You know, so when I signed there, I'll never forget it. The highlight tape when I went to Notre Dame was narrated by Lindsey Nelson. Yeah. You know, and it was in a theater, and it was so big league. The uh, Irish had just come off a national title in 77. and 78, they signed me up. And I remember sitting in his office, all the Cotton Bowl memorabilia, Air Parsegian, Joe Theismann. It was so impressive. I thought I was in a dream. And he goes, kid, I got a scholarship for you. And that's when I was like, wow, really? So let me go home, talk to my parents. So I took the SAT test when I got, when I got home, and he calls me, and he goes, young man, I'm going to have to take it again. We need your score a little higher. Yes, sir, yes, sir, I promise. Next one, I took it again. He calls me again. Sir, you're, uh, Rex, you're getting closer, but yeah, you need to do it right. again. So the third time's a charm. And, I, and so all that work to get me in, and then I had to tell him the Yankees drafted me in the first round, 18th pick in the country. So – would you, I asked my mom, Mom, will you call Coach Devine and tell him? She goes, no, you tell him. So I called him got him on the phone. I was afraid he might be a little bit upset. And, and, and the minute I got him on, Coach Devine, Rex Hudler from Fresno, California, how you doing, Coach? And he goes, son, I already heard the news. you got to take Steinbrenner's money. You can always come back here. Anytime you want to come back, we'll they take you. They were cool with it. Yes. Because I, you know what, I'm sitting here going, are you nuts? Yeah, you no. You played, and this is when Notre Dame was Notre Dame. The kids today may not understand. Notre Dame, at one point in our country, was far big. The college football was bigger than the NFL. Notre Dame was huge. You were playing for, like, a national team. Notre Dame, like, when you had a, you could have played with Joe Montana. How did you turn that down? Well, you know what? It's just a, a great opportunity to, to play in baseball, and I'm so thankful that, that my mom negotiated uh, my contract with the Yankees because we, we couldn't have a, a – 
I couldn't have an agent because it would have ruined my eligibility. Because you know, you, back then, you know, you you couldn't mm. be a you couldn't be a college guy and have and, and then do pro too. So, so she. So if you were to ever go back to college football and you had had an a- agent, you would have been toast. Right. All right. Wouldn't I got you. So my mom negotiated with Al Rosen shows up at my at my doorstep. George Steinman is vice president. Jack Butterfield, some of the highest guys and ranking officials in with the Yankees. They showed up. My mom said, "Son." Go to Mama Mia's and get you a pizza and come back in 45 minutes. I was like, well, we hadn't talked about that, Mom. No, did you just go? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I went, came back, went to open my front door in Fresno, California, and my door was locked in my own house. My mom opens the door. She says, congratulations, son. You're a Yankee. So just like that, she didn't want me in the meeting because she's afraid I'd have jumped at their first offer. Yeah. So she went ahead and, and got me 150 grand out of high school. Wow, to, to play. that's I mean, a lot that, of money then. That was big, then. big jack, big cake back then. So, <laughs> so I'm so grateful for that. That, uh, that, that that was a great start for me. And I thought I'd be a big leaguer. You know, in a few years, I had no idea yeah. what what it was like to be 17 years old and climb the mountain and try to be the, become one of the best in the world. Yeah. Man, a lot of humble pie. Hud ate early. Yeah, injuries, yeah. backlog. Steinbrenner would buy every every free agent player. Totally. So yeah. it back backlog the system, and so we were in that system. And for years, and finally, man, I was like, Uncle, uh, uh, I was uh, at my sixth year in A ball. And George Steinbrenner owned a hotel in Tampa, Florida. And whenever the A-ballers, our a- his A-ball team went there, we could, we could uh, sign off on the food, everything. You know, he took good care of us. So I, w- I wanted to write a letter to Mr. Steinbrenner. And I went to my manager, Stump Merrill, and I go, Stumpy, I want to write George a letter. What for, kid? I want to ask him for a promotion. Okay. Wow, he looked under the table as he was looking at my yeah, package. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Really? Cojones. What exactly. kind of cojones <laughs> so, you got? So, so I said, yeah. I said, uh, yeah. He said, okay, keep it short. So I wrote a quick letter. Dear Mr. Steinbrenner, I would have had a chance to have been have graduated from Notre Dame and already been a pro football player by now. And I'm presently hitting 300. It's my sixth year in A-ball. Could you please consider a promotion? Thank you. Bam. Played in front of him. Uh, Mr. Steinbrenner was at the game that day. Uh, and when I took the letter to the lady at the front desk, I go, ma'am, when Mr. Steinbrenner comes to town, would you, would you please give him this letter? She goes, he's here. I'll take it up to him now. Oh, man, my booty got tight, man. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I didn't expect him to be there. Go to the ballpark in St. Petersburg. There he is with Stump in the stands. Stump Merrill comes out of the stands. In the meantime, I'm playing catch out there at 4 o'clock. There's no one in the seats in A-ball. And, and I'm playing catch, and my stomach's growling, man. And I'm getting a little worked up. I'm getting nervous. And so Stumpy comes out of the stands. I said, Stumpy, did he get my letter? He says, yeah, he got your letter. And he was chewing tobacco. He's an old school guy. He's mm-hmm. chewing tobacco, and he spit, and he goes, he loved it, kid. So I went, oh. I went to the to the clubhouse and blew up their commode, man, because I was so worked up, man. So I, I cleaned, I flushed my system out, went out and got him a couple knocks and bust back to Lauderdale the next day. At 6 o'clock in the morning, I got a call, you're going to AAA. So when you call, when you when you ask the boss for a promotion, yeah, bam, he made it happen. Somebody had a mysterious injury in AAA and HUD got the spot. So now I'm flying this to, to, Clip, to Columbus and going, hey, look, talking to myself. I talk to myself a lot. I still do. Self? You pop off to a guy like that, man, and you don't perform, you could be toast. So I got there and, and went off, and now they're talking about trading Willie Randolph. So really, Mr. Steinbrenner gave, gave me not one chance, but two chances with that team. And then after a year or so, he traded me to the uh, Orioles, and, and he, he wrote me a letter. I still have it. I got it framed. I was so proud. He wrote me a letter. I want to show my mother. It was we appreciate you and your hustle, the way you wore the pinstripes. You exemplified it a great deal, man. Good hustle. And uh, I want you to be an everyday player for my favorite manager, Earl Weaver. And he wrote me a nice personal letter. 
And it was something I'll never forget. And he moved me on. And then, and then from there on, I prayed. I, I asked God for a wife. It was time to settle in. After 10 years in the minors, I had nothing going. That's a and long so, time. So you know what happened? God, he always blessed me. But you've got to ask him. He's not going to just do that. He lifted Jennifer up, my wife of 35 years in October. He lifted her up, and I went, whoa, God, you got great taste, man. She's hot. She's beautiful. <laughs> and she, she got a good heart, too. And he yeah. goes, hey, you asked me. Now it's up to you to catch her. Yeah. So, so uh, my life with, my, with Jennifer, that's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my baseball uh, career, uh, to have a, a beautiful wife with four unbelievable children. And so people go, Hud, why are you like you are? And I look at them and say, why shouldn't I be? I've never had a real job. I got a, I got a great family. I get to go to the big league ballparks, man. This is, there's no other place to play in the world than this. And I've been blessed. So why not give some, you know, you're either a fountain or a drain. You either got life for other people or you're going to be a drain and suck people down the drain. <laughs> so I, ch I choose to be an encourager and love on people. And, and, and no yeah. matter who you see in the cities, walking around town, seeing young people, hey, young man, what are you thinking about the future? What are you going to do when you're, when you, well, I hadn't thought about it. You need to start thinking about it. So encouraging our youth and our young people, that's the only way to go because they are, they're the next broadcasters. They're the next big leaguers. They're the next Chris Townsends. They're the, they're the next in our future. So why not love on those people? You're the fountain or you're a drain. That's right. Now I we are, we're, Chris, we're human. We all get sucked down the drain, every one of us. I do too. The key is not to stay down there in the muck, not to stay down there in all the slime and everything. Find a way to resurface and come out back up and be a fountain again. That's the whole key. Well, I'll give you a fountain right now. Bobby Witt Jr., my God, this kid. <laughs> uh, I saw this today. Barry Larkin, Alex Rodriguez, Jimmy Rollins, and Hanley Ramirez. You talk about home runs and stolen bases. Yeah. Remember when everybody talks about, hey, it's tough to hit home runs at night Yeah. here in Oakland. Oh, Anybody yeah. see that bombing it out to center field? <laughs> Uh, on a pitch, on a nice pitch down. Wow! And he lifted. No, he's got he's got high ceiling skills. And he's fast. Yeah. So I had Man. to. So when he hit, he play. He he knocked. He hit 102 off of Duran. One of the yes, best kept ones. it inside. Uh, like. and, and, and he never hit a walk off, and he never hit a slam, and he did it in one swing. And that ball had hair on it, was moving in. Nobody barrels that, and he pulls his hands in and barrels it. That's when he became Bobby Baseball. I'm, gonna, I'm, in, I'm broadcasting, and I'm going, hey, look, folks, look. I've been, I wanted to call him Bobby Baseball last year, but he hadn't shown me enough. But this year, now, after that swing, he's Bobby Baseball. And that's taken off like wildfire. So I talked to my good buddy, Don Mattingly, my former teammate, the only yeah. other baseball name guy I, I knew. And I said, Donnie, I hope you don't mind, but I'm, I'm calling Junior Bobby Witt Baseball. I mean, I mean, Bobby Baseball now. What do you think, Donnie? And he laughed and goes, Hud, that dude is a bad blank. He's a he's a." He's a tough guy. That guy's a competitor. If you didn't call him Bobby Baseball, I was going to call him Bobby Baseball. So I got it. I got it clear from Donnie. But uh, he, he, his range in the infield, he does everything. He does it all. He runs. He flies. He has twinkle toes. He never, they never hit the ground. He's incredible. As far as his athleticism and, and the way he gets balls, down here I'm a little worried about the mound over here, you know, on your field here because he, he runs all the way over there. He can run all the way to the outfield. He, uh, and the, but the greatest thing about him, is his humbleness. He's a very humble kid, and he, he, he has a, a high baseball IQ to go along with all those tools. So this is what we're seeing, a superstar in the making. No doubt. And, and the kid, the kid J-Rod in, in Seattle, got nothing over Junior. But that guy's good too, but those two are in the same league. So it's a lot of fun to be able to watch these kids and talk about them on the air, Chris, but also to be around him and see how humble he is and how he'll stop and talk and, and hang out. 
Skip, what up, man? Skip, do you have an extra spot on your roster? Oh, you know what? You know what? I just, I just want to be a utility player. I'll come in. I'll bring, I'll bring a little energy. A little energy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love you, Mark. Closing big leaguer I ever met. Outlider introduced me to him on my opening, opening day for me, July 11, 1997. He was in the outfield running full spring. In Miami. Not yeah. Even in the lineup. It was, it was a Joe Robbie. It was a Joe yes. Robbie. And Lighter comes over. He comes over, running over. Thanks, Mark. Keep it up, man. Keep having fun, man. Keep it, keep it, keep it up with these young kids, man. Believe it. We do the Mark Kotze show every week right here on A's Cast. Oh, man, aren't you fortunate to have him? What a player. I wasn't even in close to his league. I played against him in college. You did? Yeah. You got was... skills, too. But you're, you got you're, you're a great hair pattern right now, man. You're in a great holding pattern. Look at that, too, by How do hey. you do that? Hey. Man, I had to. I had Grooming to, cream, I had my to, friend. I had to move mine around, man. Neil Bosley, when I was in, out in Anaheim, I used to make fun of my five head. And, they, and, 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 and Bosley was listening, and they go, they go, hey, kid, we can do something about that. Come on in. Get a yeah. little consultation. So I had him. I saw it. I went, well, that's pretty good. How much it costs? Oh, it's a, it's about, uh, uh, about, about, uh, you know, uh, whatever it was, a, a hair follicle. We're going to transfer 2,500 hairs. And I went, and it's about $3 a hair. And I go, whoa. They go, but we're going to scholarship you. And they go, really? If it's free, it's for me. I'll take three. Oh, Bam. Man. It's been on scholarship so his kinda, whole life. Yeah, they kind of been working a little bit there on the HUD. It's getting a little light <laughs> up on top of it. But they helped me. But you got great holding pattern, man. You're unbelievable. Hey. I'm so proud to be with you. Thank, Thank you. you for letting me share. Hey. And you know what? We're looking I, for the future. You know what? It doesn't matter the record. doesn't matter what city we're in. It's the grand game. This is fun. You watch these young kids become big leaguers. They become guys before your eyes. And in, in, the, in the maturity level, it goes so fast in a career because the career is quick. You see them mature game to game and then year to year. And, and it's so fun to be able to watch these guys and to be able to pull for them and not be a guy that's got a hammer up there. I'm no expert in baseball, so I don't sit up there and go, wow, he should have did this or he should have done that. No, it's all about this is what he wants to do here. He, he missed, and I missed plenty of times, and I remember how hard it was as a young player to get established in the game so it makes it easy to love on him. He's one of the greats of all time. No, you guys are in my, this field here. I love this field. This field's beautiful. This young man right here attacks the game, too, man. Keep it up, young man. Keep going. <laughs> Nothing but speed, bro. Speed never goes into a slump, young man. Never. <laughs> never. It's so fun. Hey. And so we encourage all of them. We encourage all of them to, to enjoy their careers. I had a full 10 years in, so look, what do I got to get on them about? It's all about encouraging them. You have a great call tonight. Have a great series. Thanks, bud. And we'll Thanks, be man. calling you in the offseason. Hey, we need a little inspiration. We got to call you. <laughs> Holiday time, we need a little inspiration. We're calling you. <laughs> Chris, these guys are walking off. I can't. I, can't, I get excited for being around big league ball players. But the skipper came over yeah. and gave me some it love. Tells you all you need to know. I Mark love Kotze. the skipper, Mark man. Mark never come over during the show. Dig it. You guys are great. We got more Thanks coming for having next me. right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. The new summer colors and prints are in stock. The new polos, lightweight, all the colors you want. Fabulous. We got our new order. My wife is so happy that I'm dressing so much better. All thanks to Link Soul. You name it, whether it's polos, whether it's shorts, anything for your summer needs, you need to revamp your wardrobe. You go to LinkSoul.com and they got great summer deals. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. You know, I've been able to do a lot of things in broadcasting. 
What I've never been able to do is stand in front of 18,000 people and sing. Oh, and also hit a walk-off two-run shot in the same day. Brent Ruger is with us here on A's Cast Live. Um, what got your juices going more? The walk-off two-run <laughs> shot or standing in front of 18,000 people singing last night? Man, it was um, two different rushes for sure. Obviously, the walk-off's cool. Um, getting a big win for our team, coming through in the clutch when kind of when we needed it um, is a really cool feeling. But getting up there uh, – you know, on a stage like that is, is something that I've, I've never done before. So it was, it was new for me. It was different, and it's a really cool feeling as well. So um, definitely an adrenaline rush, and respect those guys um, in the music industry. You get up there and do that every night. All right, so you're, Zach Bryan, you're a huge fan. You're in his, what, top 1% on Spotify? Yeah, I'm up there. Spotify rap is always my number one artist. I'm always way up there. So. All right, so how do you know him, or how would you get over to be in that situation? Yeah, so I saw him, I guess, probably two years ago. He was in Nashville, played the Ryman. Um, and the guy who opened for him is actually, he's also in his band. His name is J.R. Carroll. J.R.'s got his own solo stuff. It's, all, it's really, really good. Give him a shout-out. Um, but so I, I followed J.R. on Twitter. He followed me back, and we've just kind of vaguely known each other through social media. So, I, you know, I've figured I've known they were coming here but earlier this week I just shot JR message was like hey man like if you want to come hang out during BP come over to the stadium hang out in the clubhouse before the show before the game um feel free and so they did that and he was like yeah for sure that sounds great and and by the way like do you want to come up on and on stage and (laughs) and do the encore with us and come sing revival at the end of the show and I was like I mean I think I don't know if you're kidding or not if you're not kidding then absolutely man I'm in so he shot me Zach's uh uh manager's number we exchanged a few texts got it all worked out and um, popped over there after the game. We took a big group of us over, enjoyed the show, and then um, I went up there for the for the last song, for the encore, for revival, and, and did my best uh, my best karaokeing. Now, did they know over last night at the arena what you had just done right here? Yeah, I think a lot of them actually stayed for the first five or six innings before they went over to get ready. Um, and then I think they had the game on the TV in the dressing room. Um, so they were kind of keeping up with it because I went over there and they were all fired up because yeah. they, they had just watched it and seen what happened. So that made it even a little bit, a little bit cooler. But, um, you know, it, the shout out to those guys. That their, their whole team over there is awesome. They did a great job hosting us and, and having everybody over there to have a good time. So the adrenaline's pumping. How would you sound? Uh, probably terrible. But um, <laughs> I, I, that is, I'm not a good singer. I don't pretend to be a good singer. Yeah. But I love like I love karaokeing in social settings, so yeah. that's just kind of right up my alley. Um, being a bad singer does not stop me from singing badly, so I'll get up there and embarrass myself anytime. I have a good time with it. I love it. That's guts, man. You get up there in front of <laughs> eighteen thousand people. That's awesome. You know what? Looking at your year, you were so hot early when we had you on the show, and then there's the ups and downs. You make the All Star team. We talked to you about that. How great that was. And there's still the ups and downs, and it's like now again you're back on an on an upstretch. Just talk about your entire year and what you've learned about yourself. Yeah, man, it's been a it's it's been there's been up and downs for sure, like you said. Um, obviously the hot start and then kind of going into a little lull after that. But I think the thing for me is I've I've learned a lot. I've learned one um, success isn't linear. Um, you know, it's it, it takes some ups and downs. It takes some adversity. It takes growing and learning. Um, through those tough times, you got to learn about yourself as a player and as a person, how you handle things mentally. Um, done a lot of work in that department with, with Ben Strack, our mental skills guy, yeah. um, mental performance coach. Uh, we've worked on a lot of stuff, which I think has helped, and, and just ultimately never losing that confidence in myself, knowing that um, you know what I did the first month and a half wasn't a fluke, but that, that that's that's something that's in there, and that's the ability that I have to come out here and produce. Um, 
for extended periods of time. So just always kept that belief, knowing that if I kept 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 the course, um, kept believing in my process, believing in myself, I'd eventually come out of it and, and get back to, to having a good approach, taking good swings. That's kind of what I've been doing the last few weeks. What's it like for you now going through an entire season? Not up, not down, an entire season in the big leagues. Yeah, it's um, you learn what the grind it is. You learn how I mean, there's no breaks up here. Every night you're going out there and you're facing elite arms, um, and so you got to get out there and you got to get ready to compete every day. Um, you got to know if you go 0 for 5 one night, that you've got five more bats the next night, and there's no breaks, there's no breathers. It's just getting out there and competing every night. Um, you learn to not take the really, really hot streaks or the really, really cold streaks too seriously because you know you're going to come out of it um, on the other end, one way or the other. Um, you can't maintain a hot streak forever, and you can't maintain a cold streak forever. You're eventually going to find that level ground that that, um, that shows you what kind of player you really are, and when your confidence is that um, your your belief in yourself is you're a player to come out here and compete and produce every night, you're eventually going to find that level. You know, we're always talking about offense. The thing that I always find interesting is some nights you DH, some nights you're in the outfield. You can be in a different position. What is that like? You got to keep defense rolling. You got to or Keep yourself occupied when you're DHing. How does that affect your offensive game? Yeah, you try not to let it, right? Now, when I'm DHing, I go up in the weight room between innings a lot. Um, we're on defense, I'll go in the weight room, ride the bike, or, yeah. or get on the elliptical, just kind of do some movement stuff just to make sure I'm staying active and staying loose and, and not tightening up sitting here in the dugout. But, um, you know, I, I think once you get used to it, it's not as big of a deal for me. I know some guys, some guys handle it differently than others, but for me it's just making sure that I stay locked in. Um, between at bats, you know whether that's play, obviously playing defense, staying locked into the game, or going up there, kind of running through at bats, um, keeping my body moving, staying loose. Um, just got to find a way to stay in the game, uh, no, no matter what the situation is. The science of DHing is so interesting. I've talked to guys, uh, guys who have a sauna at their cl- and their clubhouse, will go yeah. and get down in just into their shorts and 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 get in the sauna, or guys take showers or whatever. It, it's absolutely fascinating. You know, when I think about right place, right time, in somebody's career. Has there been that point where you just think about, man, this was Oakland, Rooker, just this, the way it all has happened, was meant to be? Man, it's, there's been a lot of those moments. It's been, um, you know, just the consistent playing time, consistent at-bats. Um, I think last night was pretty cool just hitting that walk-off. Um, you know, I think the the first walk-off I hit was kind of right at the end of when I was really hot, and yeah. it was after that that I kind of slowed down. Um, and I think last night – Hitting that second one is just kind of a sign to myself that, all right, we've, we've come full circle. We went through the struggle. We proved to ourselves we can get out of the struggle at this level, and that's huge for a player's confidence. Is, is you've, I mean, I've struggled at every level I've ever played at, obviously. College, high school, all the way to the minor leagues, but I've come out of struggles at every single one of those levels. And the big leagues was the only time that I haven't, before this year, that I haven't gone through a really hard time and come out of it on the other side successfully. So I think last night hitting that walk-off kind of showed me, like, okay, we went through a tough stretch in the middle of the season, but we have the ability to come out of it. Um, and that, that instills more belief and more confidence in myself that I can stay here for a long time and produce at a high level. Zach Geloff, his start has been amazing. Get, give me the scouting report on what you've seen and tell us a little bit about him, what, you, what you've gotten to know inside that clubhouse. Man, he's really good. He's a really special hitter. His ability to use the right center, right center field gap, um, drive balls opposite, opposite field for doubles and homers, is, is pretty special. Um, it's some of the most oppo power I've seen, and when you have the ability to drive pitches that way with that kind of authority, it kind of opens up the rest of the field, makes everything easier. So he's what he's done and what he's shown signs of doesn't doesn't look like it's it's um, anything that he can't continue and that he can't sustain for a long period of time. I think he's a really special player who's going to have a lot of success in this league. And um, he comes in the clubhouse. Obviously, he's he's carrying himself very well. He handles himself professionally. 
um, has earned the respect of a lot of the older guys, which is a big part of it too. So, um, you know, we're enjoying having him here, and he's obviously going to be here for a very long time. How about Butler? Law is a really, really special athlete too. Watching him, um, you know, run around being as big as he is, the kind of power he shows, um, that's kind of things you know about him. But watching him take at bats for the last two weeks or whatever now, he's, he's, his discipline at the plate, um, his pitch selection, his approach has really impressed me and stood out to me is what I think is, I know besides the freakish athleticism, the freakish strength and the way he runs around the outfield, that, that mental uh, approach he's able to take in the box is what's going to allow him to be a really good, really good player too. Walk off home run, walk underneath, singing in front of 18,000, the, fi- the finale of the concert, <laughs> yeah, right? right? The finale, right. it's not like just some random, it's one of the songs. You brought down the house last night in fun. multiple ways. It was fun. I had a good, it was a good night. I had a good time. Great stuff. Thanks yeah. for coming Thank on. Thank you, guys. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You need to redo your wardrobe, especially for summer. They got new colors, new styles. Summer is here. The polos, unbelievable. The shorts, you name it, we got our new order. My wife is the happiest one out of all of us because I look better, thanks to Link Soul. And they've got unbelievable deals right now for the summer. So what are you waiting for? Shirts, polos, shorts, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. Sarah's going to join us at the top of the hour. You know, um, I sat today just the way it worked out. We took the actual, like, team and front office photo. I think where I sat today, years from now, it'll look like I was one of the kind of muckety-mucks in the franchise. Did you see where I was? You were next to Delaire, and Delaire Lawar's our boss. But all the – Big wigs were in front of me. I'm right behind this, so it's going to look like I'm in that. Because normally, I'm with the scrubs like you. No offense. I mean, your title does have senior in it, so it makes does sense it? for you to be there, yeah. I forgot I had a title. Um, where were you? I was sitting with, uh, who was I sitting by? A couple of our graphic designers. Oh, lower-level employees. I was sitting with the people that make the organization go round. Yeah, all of a sudden, I ended up in the dead middle. I'm literally right behind Cavill. It's so you. it's going to be Cavill and me. Next to the great Vittorio DiBartolo. Uh, Ra- Raider Vito. Yeah, yeah, uh, Delaire Wars to my left. Raider Vito to my right. Raider Vito. Cavill in front of me. I mean, I look like I'm I'm like one of the mucky mucks. We what we should have done is just had players like sprinkled in amongst us, like just – Randomly, there's Nick Allen, and randomly, there's Tony Kemp, and randomly, there's Brent Rooker just sitting next if to all If you the, could sit the, next to any player for the team photo, who would it be? The interns want me to run on the field dressed in Hogan Harris's uniform because I have the mustache. But uh, if I had to take a picture of the guy on the team. You're, you're, you're about five inches shorter than Yeah, him. so that wouldn't work. Um, if we're looking for the same same height, maybe. No, who would you want to oh, sit I next said, to? Lawrence Butler. 
Oh, he's going early. It's <laughs> going law. Did you see the law and order stuff they yes, were doing? No, yeah, the, we, I was, they were doing it yesterday ah, on the on the scoreboard. Who would have? I mean, that's really creative. I know. I mean, Justin were, Marshall's really working <laughs> hard, huh? Yeah, we met his brother. Yes, his brother was fantastic. Yeah, he helped us out with Taylor. Can't Hearn. believe it's his brother. I, I couldn't either. Um, I asked a question. Well, who, you, who would you sit next to? Nikki Pie Shop. Well, that's a good friend. Not not Geloff. You don't want to tell him about the statue. G- G- Geloff's beyond me at this point. Geloff <laughs> is beyond beyond me. Geloff is. He's sitting, see. He's so big. He's sitting next to Passin and. Can you see where it says Ricky Henderson Field? Move, uh, move to your. See that? See right there? That's where it says Ricky Henderson Field on the wall. Not far from that's going to be Z- is going to be uh, Zach Geloff wall. Oh. Uh, I mean, Zach Geloff. Well, see, as you said, part he, two. he's too big for you. So he's, you know, people that he wants to hang around are the, the Passons, the Rosenthal's. Yeah, of the world. he's moved on from us. I mean, we, you know, Joe Davis, we had him John one time. Smoltz. I mean, when you're a future Hall of Famer, what if we started doing that? Future Hall of Famer, Zach Geloff. Well, you're not saying Major League Baseball. You're just saying it could be Ace Hall of Famer. But, you know, they, everybody they call a future Hall of Famer. Could be University of Virginia Hall of Salvador Famer. Salvador Perez, future Hall of Famer. Oh, we forgot, ask, we forgot to ask Hudman about him. Is he? Wow. Uh, you, can't, you're too, you're too. you can't control the interview with Hud. No. I mean, he literally turned around and the Kotze just came over. I mean, it was just Everybody very organic. Hudman. Everybody loves Hudman. Uh, I asked at dinner last night. I'll ask it again. 37 games left. You could have anything happen. What would you want? I'm going to go very, very um, – I thought about this earlier. The one thing I want to see, I want to see Zach Greinke become the 20th member of the 3,000 strikeout club. Going historical. Wow. Out of all the things you can. Uh, or Spencer try to get 300 strikeouts. All the things you could have. All the things. You wanted Zach Greinke to get 3,000 strikeouts. Yeah, that's my, my opinion. So. I'm just making sure that of all the dynamic great things that could happen. Yeah, it would be great to see Acuna do 40-60 and all that stuff. and All the historical greatness and things that would rally the baseball community. Well, Yours is well, I don't want to make it about me and say Mariners make the playoffs because then I get a free dinner. But, I mean. Now that's better. Yeah. At least you're getting a – that's a Mexican food dinner. Yes. And I found us a new spot maybe. Maybe. Um, oh, that's what we went to that one the night. The Mariners, up. by the way. Jerry DePoto, I mean, not long ago, traded Kendall Graveman when True. they were in it. Now he trades Seawald. When he, I mean, the mad scientist, Jerry DePoto, you have to be – what they are doing off of – they put up a 14 – they put up two touchdowns last night. Well, yeah, then the White Sox fired everyone the next day. So I mean, unbe- I mean, really unbelievable. Yeah, they're on an unbelievable roll right now. I mean, they're looking for their second eight-game winning streak of the for, month. For, for, I mean – Literally, you could say, looking at the standings today, because I look every day to see to make sure I'm not dreaming and that the Yankees are in last place and the Red Sox are right behind them. That's the first thing I do every morning. You want to, you know, people want to wake up. You know how they say you should wake up, get in a positive mindset, 15 minutes or so of just a positive mindset every morning when you wake up? I, I do that. I go look at the baseball standings, see the Yankees in last place, and that puts me – and then I see the Red Sox are in fourth place, and it puts me in a good frame of mind. With the Yankees, I think they're looking – if they lose nine in a row, it'll be the first time since, like, 1982 they've lost nine in a row. Oh, just wear it, Yankees. Just wear it. They're struggling. Yankees win. Duh! I just love watching them be miserable. They're really sweating because now they're calling up prospects. Oh. Um, but seriously – 
You've got Texas has a game and a half lead on the Astros. And only two now, the Mariners. Forget the wild card for the Mariners. Mariners are in this thing for the division. Rangers have lost five straight, too. Or is it six straight? I, th- I thought it was five straight going into tonight. It is. What is their streak? It's They've lost five in a row. Angel uh, Mariners have won seven in a row. Trout's back tonight. Yankees have lost you eight said Angels, in a row. so Trout's back tonight. Uh, remember, Yankees, Angels, Padres dead. We don't talk about them other than ripping Yankees. Yeah. Well, so what's yours before Eno comes on? Mine, I, I do not think mine is being a troll. I oh, think, I know what it is. I, no. I, I don't think mine's being a troll. I want Eno Saris to hit Eno. 37 games left, you get one wish. Just put that in the back of your mind right now as you sit there and wait. If I could have one wish with 37 games. All the teams in baseball, all the players in baseball, if I could have one thing happen that would make me feel good in my utopian world, because everybody wants their own little perfect world, what would it be, Cody? I think you told me last night, Giants collapse. Giants collapse and don't make the playoffs would be awesome. Oh, my God. I had Gabe Kapler on my uh, Instagram feed today. He's going to a place in Denver, and he's doing the best burger, and him and the chef and the whiskey burger, and I want to almost throw up. Uh, do you want an update? Ah, uh, tell me the Giants are losing again. Currently down 2-1. Kyle Harrison, <laughs> highly touted prospect, strikes everybody out. Um, he did. A, he won a measly uh, three and a third in his day. Is that me being a troll? Uh, it's my wish. No. I get to rub the lamp. The genie comes out. What's your one wish? 37 games left. The black and orange to see them out of the playoffs. Yeah, well, That would be great. Could happen. And then the 49ers be 500 would even be better. They, they gotta win. They, they're, not, they're not winning week one, so they'll already be under 500. Who are they playing week one? Steelers. Oh, Steelers stink. Is Ben Roethlisberger going to be there? Uh, what do you mean? They got Kenny, Kenny Stickett, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Wicket. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Slingett. <laughs> Nikki Sling it. We never called him Nikki Sling it. That's a new one. What did it say before next time we talk? Nikki Lick it. That's my. That's actually my favorite one. That's that's right. Um, this is Eno Saris. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. He is a national baseball columnist for The Athletic. How are you? Doing great. Do you want my Do you want my thirty seven games? Thirty seven games. Am I being a troll? No, no, it's fine. I mean, what, you I want, want him out. I, here's, and also like, it's fair to be like, do I want to see like an opener and bullpen games? No, and I hate two innings for a pitcher the in the playoffs. It's awful. And so that's Will actually you admit it's awful to watch. I don't love it. Okay, uh, uh, thirty seven, but, but it wins. Uh, the, here's uh, here's what I thought of when I started thinking about what I want to see in the playoffs. That's what I'm sort of. That's how I'm reading it. What do I want to see in the playoffs? That, Are you anyway, that, that I you probably have your wouldn't wish because I have the genie wish. It's something I wouldn't see. I want to see the Angels get super hot and get in the playoffs. <laughs> okay. And it's mostly it's not because I don't think they deserve it uh, in terms of you know wins on the field or 
Uh, organizationally, they've done some things that are pretty terrible. They, you know, during COVID, they just stopped paying all of their coaches and they uh, stopped paying all their minor leaguers. So, like, there's definitely some karma there where they, you know, they don't necessarily deserve it. But I just want to see Shohei Otani in the playoffs. Mike Trout is too good a player. I remember when Barry Bonds, everyone said, oh, well, you can't do it in the playoffs. Well, that's just because he didn't get enough chances. He did finally get a good chance you know, that year in 2002, and he was nuts. He was bananas. He was regular, you know, Barry Bonds, you know. So what I want to see is everybody kind of getting to see Mike Trout, to the player that he is. And on top of that, Shohei Otani, like, doing his thing in the postseason. Like, So that that is a great answer. Okay. I think my answer. I wasn't answer, sure how you take it. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, like, it's like you want to wish. Yeah. And you want, I mean. Shohei Otani is the first real international baseball star we've ever had. Yeah, remember the Mike Trout versus Shohei Otani in the WBC? It grows like, the game. Yeah. Mike Trout's the best player. It grows the game. You want something that's best for the game. I'm being an ultimate troll yes, you are. Of, of, of our of our of our in town rival. Right? It's fun. <laughs> Cody, I want. Zach Greinke to get 3,000 strikeouts. <laughs> well, I like Zach Greinke, so. But, I, I, but, but really, that's, that's, the one wish, with, that's the one wish you got. <laughs> Zach Greinke to get 3,000 strikes. <laughs> I'm trying to sell a show here. Yeah. <laughs> am, I getting, am I getting more people to watch and downloads off? I want Zach Greinke. I know what my kids would say is the Padres go nuts. That ain't happening. Yeah, I don't think so. All right. <laughs> I want to get into it's one of the most fascinating things that's going on is when other organizations take on other teams players with the idea of we like you we've seen something we can make you better Astros famously with Verlander and Cole more high fastballs now Lance Lynn with the Dodgers what is it that teams can see in players stuff that their own teams can't see yeah, I mean, sometimes I, I think that people in some ways overstate that. I think that it's not often that you get a player and you give him a new pitch or, you know, he suddenly throws harder or something. I think it's often smaller. And so I was looking at Lance Lynn and trying to be like, what are the Dodgers doing differently with Lance Lynn? And it is, it's pretty subtle, dude. Like, the, the cutter, instead of throwing it always in the zone, throw it sometimes in the zone and sometimes inside off the zone. And he know he has good command, so you're not asking him to do something very different. You're just saying, hey, not always in the zone, sometimes out of the zone in, right? And then I was looking at the four seam with, uh, with the White Sox. It was just four seam high in the zone. Very predictable. If he throws the four seam to you, this is against lefties. He changed mostly against lefties. You throw the high, seam, the high four seam every time, then they're like, oh, I see four seam high. Bam, I know it's coming, right? But what they had him do was throw the four seam low sometimes. And that's not ideal. You don't go say, oh, where should this guy throw the four-seam? Oh, he should throw it low. But it does set up the curveball. So what they said is, hey, you can throw the curveball a little bit, you know, throw it in the dirt. I don't care. You're going to get more swings. If you throw the low, the low four-seam, then they're going to see the low pitch, and they're not going to know right away if it's the four-seam or the curve. So you get more swings on the curve. So they didn't really, like, overhaul him and change his mechanics and tell him, like, throw a new pitch. They looked at what he was and found small changes that, that he'd be more likely to say yes to, you know? Okay, How so different is it to tell Lance Lynn, hey, we love what you're doing with the cutter, just throw some in off the plate. Oh, we love what you're doing with the four seam, just throw some low. So it was just way easier then when the Astros brought over 
Garrett Cole and said, this is spider tack. Put it on your fingers and everything works better. I also think sometimes um, you target someone who's been unlucky and you don't, and, and then people give you credit you know, when they do better with your team. So Lance Lynn, for some, if you look at what he's done this year, he had, like, really great strikeout minus walks. He was one in the like top 15 or top 20 in strikeouts minus walks. If you look at it, strikeouts minus walks is super predictive in season. He's just been giving up a few too many homers. Well, you, you, you get this guy, you get a little bit of, of good luck in your direction, you know, because you looked at the right metrics and you picked the right player, and then you give him a little bit of coaching that's a little bit different, but not that different. And, and then you get a lot of credit. So I, sometimes I think people over, over give the organization too much credit, you know. Uh, but it also it requires uh, knowing what you're doing coaching-wise. Well, and, and the player also has to be willing to listen and try, right? Yes. I mean, that's definitely part of it. You start to get, uh, you, 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 like, if you're the Rays and you get and you get traded to the Rays, you're like, man, I'm going to listen to these guys. They've made Glass now better. You know, they made this last guy. They made all these guys better. If you're Zach Littell and you show up and you're like, man, I don't, you know, I don't know how much of a career I have left. I'm going to listen to these guys, you know. Uh, when, you're, when you're Zach Eflin, you come over there and they, they, they make your curveball a little bit better. You know, that's, that's definitely a true thing where, like, organizational respect you know, is given by the players. And it's that's what's so hard to turn around. You know, the Cardinals aren't necessarily going to sign uh, a, a great, you know, bounce-back pitcher in the offseason because they don't have a great reputation for changing their pitchers and making them better. But the Giants do, the Rays do, the Dodgers do, and so that's where the pitchers go to sign. And then they get more credit because those are bounce-back pitchers. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like well, some of the, it, it, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes. How, I, how about when Verlander was, I guess, kind of burning bridges out the door uh, going, Mets, your R&D stinks compared to the Astros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the Mets were because Chris Bassett, was it Bassett told you or somebody else around here that the A's didn't have what the Mets have, uh-huh. and Verlander saying the Mets don't have what the Astros have. Well, so then you're talking about. I think there's uh, the, the thing that's so great about Lance Lynn. I think Mark Pryor is really good at this. Is uh, soft soft skills. So there's soft skills and there's hard skills. What do the Mets have? They have the money to improve their hard skills in terms of technology, data, tech. There's a piece on the Athletic that came out today, Tim Britton, about how they've just opened up a pitching lab, right? They have those. The Mets. The Mets. They have the data and the tech. but That's the hard stuff. That's the hard stuff. But you have to throw soft skills on top of that, just the ability to coach, listen to a guy, get him to get buy-in, you know? Does and the article talk about hard and soft skills? No, I'm just coming up with this right now. Okay. But I, I would say that versus like, like hard alcohol and beer, you got to have both at the party. But you could you could have you could have the data and the tech, so that like you know Verlander is like okay, you have you have some of the stuff I've seen before, but you're not showing me the right stuff, and that could be partially you know soft skills of coaching. Interesting. I want to also get into this whole cloak and dagger. I don't know if it's called. It's like NASA, because like when you design the rocket to go up into space. Not everybody works on every part of the rocket. Or I'm thinking like the CIA when you're like doing international craziness, the CIA. Not everybody's privy to all the information. So, like with the Dodgers, whether these guys are independent contractors, however you want to say they're inside their – they may not be full-time employees. They might be. But not everybody's working on the same thing. So when you get poached by somebody else – you don't have all the secrets. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that to kind of let people inside the baseball world that 
it's not what you think, and there is a lot of secrecy in our game, which now after all the things that happened with Houston, I don't know if so much secrecy is good, but go ahead. Well, I mean, this is also maybe partially why there were some rumblings that they would try to limit how much teams could spend on uh, on on this sort of thing, on player development, on, on brain trust, R&D. And part of that is because players, the teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees, they have PhDs that consult for the team. They have other jobs, so they don't have to pay the whole salary, but they'll give them six figures, you know, uh, just to work on a project for them, which is like, can you model balls in play can you find a way nobody can predict singles it's really hard to predict singles can you find a way with all your knowledge of physics and aerodynamics and maybe your uh, you, you, your other job is you know working on rockets literally can you find a way for us to model singles better you know that's the sort of thing and that's all you work on you don't know how this fits into their pitching model or their hitting model you're just working on modeling singles and that's it and you get your hundred thousand dollars for a year work of modeling singles that's sort of what happens at Yankees and the Dodgers where they have really expensive consultants that work on these big things, but they don't let, they don't get access to all of the brain trust. They don't know what the guy next to them is working on. You know that, that's what you're talking about. And I think it, 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 it's it's effective in that you keep more of your secrets and you can invest a lot and learn a lot. But I do think that I, you know, people have been wondering why the Yankees not producing players, and you know, you can see in their minor leagues they are number like they're number. One, I think, in uh, maximum in, in, in exit velocity, like 95th percent of maximum exit velocity, their batters in the minor leagues hit the ball harder than any other team. Their batters in the minor leagues don't swing at balls more than any other team. If you combine those two things together, you'd say, man, that's a really good hitter. He never swings at balls, and when he does swing, he hits rockets, right? But what was the last guy that they produced? When was the last guy they produced? So there's something missing there where, like, they've modeled what is this it? thing. You've been following this. Why is it that you can sit here and talk to me about exit velocity, talk to me about barrel rates, talk about only swinging at strikes, talk about all that stuff, and then all of a sudden these guys got to go out and play the game and they can't play the game because yeah. it's a game and it's life? I don't know. Sometimes you, you, one thing that you can think about is uh, what is the clay that you put into this? If you take a bunch of guys that don't make a lot of contact and you give them these skills or you say don't ever chase uh, a, a ball outside of the zone and hit the ball hard, they might still not make contact a lot. That's what I think of Everson Pereira. Well, how about this, The guy too? they just called up. He doesn't make any contact. You still got to go out and play defense. You still got to run the bases. You still got to throw to the right bases. You still, I mean, so you like if you focus so much just on one thing – to win an actual we I think we forget we're so into the process we forget that you got to go out I think one of the greatest examples is Tiger Woods Tiger Woods as we know the most skilled but there were times where he didn't have he couldn't he couldn't hit his driver and he could still go out and win the tournament by just teeing off with irons because Tiger was going to go out and win no matter what Mm -hmm. when you just have barrel rates exit velocities these guys don't know how to win games well that's it's, it is an interesting thing because in your minor leagues you don't care about winning games yeah you know you, you, you care about developing i mean some organizations do put a little bit more emphasis on winning games Rays they want right they want to build every level. they want to build a winning culture they want to they want people to win and also i think you uh, you know there's a line between coaching and overcoaching. In fact, I have one friend who thinks that the Rays are not that great at uh, player development, that they actually, the best thing that they do in player development sometimes is step away from the player and let the player develop himself, basically.
basically. Um, and that actually goes in line That's with what you're saying about winning games. Like the Rays, maybe what the Rays do most of all in the minor leagues is say, hey, you know, guys, go out there and win. You know, like find a way to win this Figure game. Figure it out. You know, the coaches are going to take a day off today. You know, like whatever it is, like on some level they're saying it's on you. You guys win this game. If you want information from us, ask us for it and we'll give it to you. You know, like it's more about like, you know, I think about this with my kids, you know, like, yeah. you know, like I there's a real tendency to helicopter parent. And like, you know, I do it. I'm not saying that I don't do it, but I, I really the biggest juice I get out of, of being a parent is when like my kid rides his bike to school in sixth grade by himself and rides his bike bike by home and texts me that like he's going to a friend's house i'm like oh my god look at that he just he just did that all on his own he didn't ask me i didn't pick him up and drive him now i do he broke his arm but that's all right <laughs> i had that same thing my my one daughter wasn't into driving did this big drive from where we live over to los gattis and got back i was like yeah. damn <laughs> you go girl <laughs> and you're happy yeah it's like in baseball, and I think we're different than all the other sports because we, as a data-driven sport, are a bunch of helicopter parents, as you say. I was, I was also, yeah, I was like, thinking about like it. There is something for letting the athletes figure it out, let them grow, let them learn. That's why I have no problem with our guys coming up and struggling. Figure it out, man. I, w I was at the Sabre seminar that I was at. I was uh, hanging out with uh, uh, someone who works for a, a basketball team, who's an analyst for a basketball team. And I said, you know, uh, in, the, in, in Little League or, or in travel ball and, 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 you know, perfect game, we have barrel rates and we have max EV and we have spin rate and we have ride on your fastball, IVV. We have all these numbers that people can come to these showcases and basically just show the numbers. Like, they don't have to win the game. They just have to show these numbers. They'd be like, oh, man, the hot prospect in today's perfect game, you know, had a 22 IVB with a, you know, with a 3,000 spin rate on his fastball and hit 98. You know, it's like, okay, what did, what, how did he do? <laughs> did he did did he get out or like, no he was knocked out in the third right <laughs> and and so uh i was asking like do you have this problem in basketball and he was like we don't there's not that same culture where, like nobody could come to a basketball like an aau or like a basketball scrimmage or something where scouts are and like just not play the game but just jump really high by the rim and just be like here's my vert and yeah. then everyone's like, oh, he was like, he was like a foot above the rim. Yeah. yeah. How did he play? I don't know, but he was a foot above the rim. You know, yeah. they can't just sprint by the scouts and be like, whoa, that guy just sprint past me. I'm right down at sprint speed. No. Like when you're scouting basketball players, you're like, does he have a winning mentality? Does he like, can he shoot? Does can the he, ball go in the hoop? Yeah. Does he, does he know how to pass it to the, the open ball's guy? The ball's got to go in the hoop. Yeah. Can he keep his head up while he's driving? You know, can like you that. defend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you pass? Yeah. Can you shoot? Now that would remind me, you know what that would remind me of? And a lot of uh, uh, football fans would know this, especially old football fans. And yeah, aren't, they, aren't they combine superstars sometimes? It would work out. Al Davis loved guys who ran uh -huh. the 40, yeah. how fast you were. <laughs> Well, can he catch? Can it? Can he? Does he know how to run routes? Can he read defenses? I uh, did you see what he ran? So he was a prisoner to the forty time. Yeah, he yeah. wanted speed because you can't teach speed. That's kind of what. And people ripped Al Davis for years about that. And one thing that we're finding in our game actually is that some of the things that we thought you couldn't coach, you can. So it used to be you can't coach velo, right? 
No, you can. No, you can. Yeah. I, I just talked to Cole Reagans uh, over on the other side here. He uh, put four miles an hour on his fastball year to year just doing a weighted ball program and cleaning up his mechanics. Like, like there are whole organizations. Are just like, getting more extension gives you view. Yeah, yeah. So, like, and what was the other one? Uh, you, can't coach, uh, you can't coach power, right? No, you can, absolutely. There are weighted bats. There are programs you can go on. You can, you can coach power. What you might not be able to coach are the softer skills that I was talking about, like in terms of command and uh, a bat to ball and uh, some of the intricacies of defense. Like even, you know, Javier Baez hasn't turned out to be, you know, a, a super superstar, but like at his best, he was doing things defensively that there's no way you can coach that. Javier Baez was a runner he, up like, to the MVP. Well, but the, 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 think the, about that. Remember the tags, the tags he, he can do, you know, like where he's like, He's like the quickest, fastest, snappiest tagger. You know, he's he he does a lot of the little things that are just amazing. And now we have teams that are like, well, I want my shortstop to be able to play five positions by the time he gets to the big leagues. Is he going to get the same amount of reps at short if I do that? No. Oh, so wait a second. Maybe Marco Luciano isn't the best shortstop he can be because I had him playing second and I had him playing third and I had him playing in the outfield or whatever, you know. All that, right. That stuff uh, sort of happens. Do you like pitch framing? Um. As catchers, catchers being good at it, I, I don't getting mind on that it. one knee and pitch framing. I don't mind it because you, you hate it. No. Okay. I. You know what I hate uh-huh. is these dummies can't block balls anymore, uh-huh. and we have more wild <laughs> pitches and pass balls than ever before. Mm-hmm. I am not. That might be related to this the stuff first approach with pitching too. You know. I mean, you got these guys on one knee, and all they're worried about. I get it. If you can steal me some strikes, I like it. But you know how I feel about catchers. They think they're the smartest guys in the world, and they're not. Hey, dummy, well, block. I have seen some research. That so I have confidence to throw my – because sometimes for, like, no one cares about me, but if my, my changeup was my strikeout pitch, I'm throwing that thing low. It could be bounced, especially against a lefty. You don't want you to better be able to block to score, it. Yeah. You better be able to block it. I, that's great. You're on your one knee, and you're Mr. Cute, you know, you, whatever you're doing with, with, with pitch framing. you got essential – essential things you need to do as a catcher catchers aren't doing there's some research that's that i've seen that says that the guys who are down on one knee can uh throw to second just as good as the other guys so it doesn't have any ramifications for the run game some people don't believe that though but but i know i know that's why i wanted to put that out there that i've seen research that suggests that that part is not true but it's interesting what you're saying i do believe it it affects your blocking totally but the way that an analyst would respond is that uh, the amount of runs that you can save framing and the versus True. the amount of runs you can save blocking are different. There's Do both. Because <laughs> Do both. Why can't we have both? Ray, we, you must have Ray Fossey drove him nuts. Drove Ray Fossey nuts. Drove him nuts. Do both. Why can't we have both? It's a good, good response. That's your job. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, But you're well, going to get those lower strikes more, and you're going to get gonna be, a lot more But strikes. I'm going to help you out here, but I'm not going to do my job over here. Yeah. Where does that work? Where is that hard, soft, either way, that doesn't work. <laughs> you got to do – and I just – I saw it today. We're trending at one of the highest of all time. While, while pitches and pass balls are at a high time. At a high, yep. By the way, the guy at shortstop, Bobby Witt Jr., he's, he's, a, he's an okay little player. He's amazing. Yeah, and, you know, again, like, here's a guy who does chase. You know, he does chase the pitches outside of the zone. But he's a really good player. He could be like I mean, long way to go, but we're talking like all time great type talent. Like said like the like the notes from today, he's in a club now. Um have you ever heard of Barry Larkin, Alex Rodriguez, 
Jimmy Rollins and Hanley Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> home runs. It's you have twenty five home runs, thirty five stolen bases in a season. Yeah. I mean, this kid. And the, the you know we always talk about oh, it's hard to hit home runs tonight, even though it was still hot. You but know, you know who reminds me the most on that list is Hanley, I think. So I you know there there is something about his game that I'm interested to see how it ages at the very end. I think he's definitely going to be superstar level in his peak. None of those guys are as fast as he is. It's true. That's he's he's unbelievably fast. That's true. It's true. And so maybe his glove and his and his speed will give him a soft landing in the end because I do I do wonder one hitting uh, coordinator was talking to me about do I think that hitters actually ever change their ability to see uh, pitches outside the zone or chase them? Well, hitters' eyes change as they get older. They get better. Well, they get well. No, their eyes. Yeah, yeah. That, get, that, that's what happens when guys they start. learn. They also learn pitchers, so they learn what the league is doing. They generally swing less as they get older. Well, I'm just saying, as we get older as men, your eyesight starts also to go. Worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Zach Gallo, generally, I don't bet on pitch on people that uh, chase outside the zone for long careers. There's some research to back that. Like, have you looked at like? Because it was like weird. weird. Remember Pablo Sandoval, Josh Hamilton. I, th- I think pizza and the post game spread did more <laughs> to Pablo Sandoval. Than, <laughs> no offense to the panda. <laughs> I think could I, be, could be. I think he kind of. But Josh himself. Hamilton was a was a svelte dude. Yeah. You know, he was a he was an athlete. But he, he also had other shoes. Every, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're not giving me yeah. good comps here. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Josh Hamilton was drinking so many energy drinks <laughs> the day he dropped the five ball out here because he couldn't close his eyes because there was no moisture in his <laughs> eyes because he was having caffeine twenty four seven. And he blamed that on his uh, eyes being blue. Well, I, we found out that literally when you drink, like, monster energy drinks every day, all day, it, like, really <laughs> dries your eyes out. As a bad effect in a lot of different areas. Yeah. Lot. Um, am I crazy? I, I've told the A's, and I hope they're listening to me, and I've told some high, high, high up people, and we've started to debate it. We need to order the Zach Geloff statue. <laughs> Do you want to put it on the east side, the west side, or you want to put it Championship Plaza? Yeah, Where just, do you think we should put the Zach Geloff statue? Just had a great conversation with him. and uh, Real I, deal. I introduced myself as you know, kind of an analytics dork, and he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like what you're going to say. And, but we had a really great conversation because what's interesting about him is, you know, Tyler Soderstrom come up next to him, right? Came up at the same time, come here to the big leagues. Tyler Soderstrom has hit balls five miles an hour harder than Zach Geloff has ever hit. Geloff is right around 108, 109. You know, Soderstrom's 113, 114. And uh, Geloff has a little bit more of a flatter swing, and Soderstrom has a little bit more of a loftier swing. You would project uh, Soderstrom to hit more for more power, except it's not working out that way. And Geloff is getting to his power better. So we had a whole long conversation about how he's getting to his power, and he was like, He's like, if I can just consistently do 101s, 102s, 103s, then that's going to be better than sometimes being all wild and getting a 113, but not getting consistently at 101, 102, 103. And uh, he might have convinced me. I mean, it's, he, he's got a good approach, it looks like. He hits it everywhere. And it's hard. He hard hits it everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Center field, right field, left field, yeah. down the line on the ground, down the line third base on the <laughs> ground, down the line first base. He literally is foul pole to foul pole in the air on the ground. 
and he hits it hard. He fillets it for hits. Because yeah. that's the thing. If I take anybody who has 3,000 hits, that's a lot of hits. Yeah, yeah. Right? Not every one of those was hit hard. Yeah. Right? To get 3,000 hits, you got to hit it all over the ballpark. Yeah. He's kind of got that game. It's still game. predictive of future success to say that the guy hits the ball hard. But he also hits the ball hard. It just – he doesn't hit the very hardest. But a lot of times you look at the guys who hit the very hardest and they either have high strikeout rates. Giancarlo Stanton is the guy who hits the ball the very hardest. Or sometimes they hit the ball on the ground too much. If you look at O'Neill Cruz, uh, even Ellie De La Cruz, these guys come up hitting 120. That's like almost that's, – that's 12 miles an hour faster than Geloff has ever hit a ball. But they have some flaws in how they get to it. It's a little bit like what we've been talking about. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to show everybody my 120s. Yeah, but can you consistently get to that? Can you hit 110 in the air? You know, like if it's 120 on the ground every time, it's not going to help as much. Speaking of John Carlo, he, to me, is going to be a great get this offseason. Yankees are going to be, if Cashman keeps his job, which I think he will because he just signed an extension. And they're going to they're gonna throw money at it. To, they'll pay they'll pay. It's going to be like Verlander Scherzer. They're going to spend so much money to get rid of him. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're going to spend how much money for me to take him on? And then if I think I got smart R&D people, right, I can help fix him. And I think he's playing a little timid now. He's playing not to get it. Whatever. But for what I could get him, he's still, what, 33? Yeah. I think he's 33. I think he could be the steal of the winner. It might be interesting. Depends on depends on I think the the specifics of it and how much they would. Pay they're going to pay yeah. a lot of the they're going to pay a lot of the money. I, 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 what is he? Cody? Still hits the ball hard. He's thirty three. He won't be thirty. He'll be thirty four in November. I I if you're telling me they're going to pay the majority of it and I'm getting for nothing and if it doesn't work anyway, who cares? Right. Yeah. No. That is that is a good spot to be in. Yeah. And I think that might happen. It's a good point. Uh, big news today. Cleaning house in Chicago. They, yeah. I mean, Kenny Williams has been in charge since 2000. I got a text from an industry friend. Uh, he said, uh, nothing's going to change if they don't change the guy signing the checks. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting text to get. Uh, the, Kenny Williams has a good scout's eye. He has signed a lot of good players. Uh, Rick Hahn has a decent, you know, he is, he's, a, he's a guy who came up in analytics. He's, he, he, doesn't, he knows what he's doing. I think there might have been something where the, it wasn't a good match. You know, either they didn't listen to each other all the time or they just somehow weren't, like, you know, cohesive. I mean, I've definitely heard from people who've gone through their player development that, you know, they don't game plan that much in the minor leagues. So major, they'll get to the major leagues and be handed a scouting report and be like, what's this? You know, that sort of deal. I've heard uh, other things about their, their player development that's not great. They were way behind on the tech race and, and the data race. So, you know, that, that says to me that there were some things they did wrong that – you know, unfortunately, led to this moment. How many teams, 30 teams, how many teams are behind, do you think? Um, I think the, the Royals here are, are behind, but they're, uh, they're putting some investment in it. That's why they changed their GM recently. Um, I do think that the White Sox are behind. I think the Nationals are, are far behind. Uh, I think the Rockies are super far behind. Uh, I think the Cardinals are surprisingly far behind. Uh, they have their, they're really, really good at what they do, and so they'll still turn out. They're good at turning out major league regulars, you know, on offense. They're good at turning out Brandon Donovan types. They will do that forever. That's going to be fine. But in terms of turning out pitching, I think they're pretty far behind. 
Uh, so those are the teams, I think. The Angels uh, are in the process of trying to uh, turn it around. And does it only take – Tigers are trying to turn it around. Does it only take money? I mean, there's no, got to be willingness. It takes time, too, because what I, remember what I said about hard and soft skills. Like, you, yeah. you know, you can bring – like the Mets right now are bringing to bear all the investment monetary-wise. But okay. they also – you have – if you think about it, you have, uh, uh, I would say – on the order of 50 plus coaches uh, in your minor league system, if you're talking about the coordinators and the, all the all the sort of player development staff that you got, roving co coordinate, all that stuff, you have 50 plus coaches. There's no way that you can come in in year one, cut all 50, and bring in new 50, right? So that's not going to happen. So you know, X percentage of these guys don't aren't on board with what you're doing, but you can't figure that out in year one. So year two. You let some guys go. You fire some guys, you know. You still haven't gotten rid of all the ones that aren't on board. And you're going to lose some. And, and you're going to lose some of the good ones even. And you yeah. start hiring good ones, you lose some of the good ones while you're trying to get, you know, get rid of the bad ones. So it's like it's, it's, it, it's turning a tanker. So it really is three to five years. It, it's, it's like best way to explain it is you have this new math that you're going to teach. And you got – you went out and bought all the new math books, <laughs> but now you got to find the right teachers to explain like, it to the to kids. understand all the vocab and actually connect with the kids. You yeah. You can't, can't bring the nerd in who's like, why don't you guys get this? So obvious. Bad teacher. The teacher who can yeah. – because I always try and explain this like teaching because the nerds don't get this. A good teacher understands that different kids in the classroom learn differently. Mm -hmm. So a good teacher – can connect with all of the kids. That's and part of that's part. I know you don't like to give the, the Giants any credit, but part of what they're doing there is a big teacher. It's a, a small teacher to student ratio. They yeah, have 15 coaches over there. They're like one of these guys is going to connect with one of our players because we just have a ton of coaches. Yeah, but it is smart. Yeah. I, I'll give them credit for that. But yeah, it, that it's that's why it's so difficult though. You're looking for good teachers while investing. Some owners will be like, "I'll give you this much, but not that much." So you have to then you have to do triage. You're like, "Okay, well, we can't afford to put an electronic and everything, but we'll do it here. We'll do it here. You know, we'll do what we can do while we're trying to get new coaches. It's tough. It's not the easiest thing to do. Some good. some teams are just like whatever. The Angels just uh, the, the the kind of. The scuttlebutt around the Angels just giving up Nolan Nolan Shanuel, like the guy they drafted this year, and he's in the big league. Shanuel, right? Yeah, Shan I think so. like I saw his name. Like, how do you pronounce it? I think it's Shanuel. And then also Neto, not Nito, Neto. Uh, they that they kind of draft guys that don't need much development because they don't have great development. They're just like, let's just take these quality, you know, finished products from college that we think can play for us pretty immediately. Uh, and who knows about their ceiling? You know, they're not going to turn into, you know, maybe superstars, but, like, we can put them in the lineup right away. And they're both playing, from, like, uh, Neto and, and uh, the first baseman are both from Ford Atlantic and Shan Campbell. Shanuel. Shanuel. Shanuel from Ford Atlantic, and, the other, and, and Neto, Neto's from Campbell. In yeah. North Carolina, so like powerhouses. They're not, they're not from you know Miami, LSU. They're from smaller schools who don't need a lot of development. That's actually kind of smart what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Some some of those smaller schools in college actually have fairly good player development. They've invested in data and tech. That's how they get those players in the first place. To say we'll get you more playing time than you'll get in the other places, and we have the same data and tech because they have money. The colleges have money. Fact. Yeah, <laughs> that's fact. Hey, good talk. Good to see. Anything you're working on we need to go check out? I don't know. That's a good way to sell. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Taylor Hearn coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You've got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty. We will be back on Thursday. Correct. Tomorrow's a day game. We'll be back on Thursday. It's going to be taking on the uh, the White Sox. I might have to sharpen my resume. you to sharpen the pencil. Thank you, James Caprellian. Um, no, I – the job's open. You think I have any shot at becoming the president of baseball operations for the Chicago White Sox? You don't want to be the chief baseball officer? I've always said this. If there is one job that I would like in an organization, I want to be the quality control coach. It's a good job to have. Because you say, well, what is a quality control coach? Nobody has any idea. Wasn't Kase that under Bob for a while? Before he was a bench coach He's or after? He's a guy who's the buddy of the head coach or the manager yeah. or the front <laughs> office. That's who he is. Like, he's the quality control coach in the NFL. He's the drinking buddy of the head coach. That's what he is. <laughs> Baseball, he's connected to somebody. Nobody knows what, what it. What is it? I make sure the Gatorade's blue. That, that I'd be good at that. Yeah, uh, make sure that uh, we have uh, original sunflower seeds, not barbecue. What do you need? I'm the quality control coach. Yeah. Hey, where are we going for dinner tonight? I make sure we have the reservations. I'd be good at that. Uh, do you want to live in? Do you want to live not on the north side, but the south side? I do not want to live on the south side yeah. of Chicago. No, 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 no. Oh, by the way, their, their no. game started, and they're playing the Mariners, and it's one-one uh, in the second. Mariners looking for their second eight-game winning streak of the month. How are the Phillies and Giants? Giants are up three-two now. Damn it. Kyle Harrison made his debut. Who how, cares? How long did he go? Three innings. Three and a third. <laughs> oh, a quick question. Trivia. Let let the kids, the kids are behind us here, our crack staff. 30 teams since the start of the 2020 All-Star break. Don't be looking this up. You got to guess it on your own. Sometimes in life, you got to use your brain, not your Apple computer, right? Google can't be everything for you. Jesus, they were, they were starting to, like, get rid of right. Maybe they're trying to fact check you. One team has had the best record in the second half. If you count last year's second half, that's the All-Star break on and what they've done this year from the All-Star break on. I have the best record in baseball in the past two second halves. Who am I? 30 teams. Let them guess first. Would you say Phillies? The Mariners. Dodgers. 
it would be your Los Angeles Dodgers. They were 14-1 until a couple days ago in, the, in August. They're I'm unbelievable. Just, I'm just saying. I, I know they won the COVID World Series. I think that was a big deal because of how tough that year was. If you worked in baseball, you know how tough that year was. But I'm saying they've got money. They've got farm system. They supposedly – I mean, we were at the winter meetings, and everybody said they were going to stink. Where's the fresca? Well, that's a Lenny Dawson jersey. Lenny Dawson. These kids don't know who Lenny Dawson are. That's probably a good point. Last time we saw Lenny Dawson jersey here in Oakland. It'd be a long time. The great, the Hall of Famer. Um, I bet these kids thought it was Joe Montana walking down. Yeah, it's not a Joe Montana oh, jersey. Wait, he was 19 with uh, Kansas City, right? I don't remember. Yeah, because I think, I think Dawson's number might be retired. Joe Montana, who... Didn't get the priv- privilege to play with Rex Sudler. Pride of Ringgold High School in Pennsylvania. Um, what was I just Dodgers. About? Dodgers. Half. How about that? Really what is that? I mean, if you want to talk about who's the model organization in baseball, really hard not to say the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, they're pretty good. And look, look at the, look at them this you year. You said they were going to stink in the at the winter meetings. Uh, oh, the Padres! Oh, they, I believe it was Hembo you, and you, I were all on, had, on you, the Dodgers. You had the Giants getting Judge. You, they did. They got arson Judge. You were you 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 basically were burying the Dodgers. Now, JD Martinez is on the injured list. They'll figure. They'll find. They'll throw some guy they'll in. Figure and it they'll, out. Find, yeah. they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Taylor Hearn, lefty. We talked a couple times over the years. Got a chance to chat with him earlier today in the dugout of the Kansas City Royals. We'll see everybody Thursday at 2 o'clock. Well, you pitched yesterday, and uh, we always like having you on your program. Thanks for coming back on AceCast Live. Oh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back. So how are things going in Kansas City right now? Because it looks like you guys are a group that's starting to get better. Oh, it's been fun. Just uh, a really good group of guys, um, all young, pulling for each other. Uh, and they're just fun in general. You know, it's uh, – it's been a it's been a, it's been a long year, obviously, but yeah. like just ever since I got here, man, they've been really open arms, welcome, making me feel good, and I'm just trying to do what I can uh, this last month for them. What's it like for you being a veteran guy coming into a clubhouse like this? Oh, I mean, I mean, it, it's it's nothing. Nothing's really changed for me. Uh, still the same guy. Um, still open as a book. You know, whatever guys want to ask me, I'm I'm always still trying to learn as well. And uh, I think just trying to just adapt to the culture, you know, learning how they do things over here. Um, and it's kind of hard to pass up such a beautiful uh, stadium also. So that's definitely – it was definitely one of my favorite stadiums. Well, you know the situation we're in with the A's because obviously you've played against some of our really good teams. You know, we're, we're now in, in rebuild mode. You know, what are the advice you give, like, if you could talk to some of the A's players, what advice do you give some of these young guys as they're coming in and they're feeling their way? Man, um <laughs> Honestly, probably probably one of the things I could tell them was just to continue to empty the tank, but then just realizing, like, not every outing or not every game is going to be perfect. You know, there's going to be games and outings where you don't do that well. And I think as baseball players, we're such a – we're so competitive, you know, and just trying to be just be realistic and just learning, like, we're going to make mistakes, but it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
Yeah, we, we've talked a lot about our young guys finishing the season out. This is the longest season these guys have ever played. It's the same thing over here with some of the young guys here with, with Kansas City. How important, whether you're going good or bad, how important is it to finish that season to know what playing a full Major League Baseball season is like? Oh, it's huge. It's huge because uh, you, you learn so much about your body. You learn so much about um, coming in at different time zones and everything and coming through the minor leagues up into the big leagues, like it's, it's nothing, it's not the same, you know? Yeah, AAA, you can fly and stuff like that, but in AAA, you're not going to fly from New York and come down here to, you know, California that many times, yeah. you know? But it's definitely, you, you learn a lot, you know, uh, probably the biggest biggest advice and something I learned and it's really helped me out over these last few years is just learn how to take care of my body. Like the treatment, investing in the Normatex and investing in the stuff that can help me recover has helped me out tremendously over the years. See, that's what I was thinking about. Like going through your first year and you realize in the end how hard it is, doesn't that also teach you in that real first off season? Wow, I really have to change the way I take care of myself, sleep, nutrition, working out to prepare you for that next year. Isn't like a year like this prepare you for what you need to do in the future? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely does. You know, um, Especially when you so used to eating Texas barbecue, and then you come <laughs> up and get some Kansas City barbecue, still the same and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that type of stuff is is a pretty big deal, though. And that's something that uh, they really stress on over here, and they do a really good job about that. You know, we were thinking about you in the off season because there was that great article in the Athletic about your family being rodeo cowboys. I mean, it's in your blood. Talk about your grandfather, your father. Talk about the rodeo. Talk about how big it's been inside your family. Man, it's been it's is the first thing I ever did. Uh, you know, I didn't pick up a baseball bat, pick up a football. It was a it was a rope. You know, my first picture is uh, my mom and dad set me on a Palomino horse we had, and uh, that was the first thing I did. And so uh, I did that all the way up until I was like 16, 17. Baseball kind of got in the way, stopped doing that, <laughs> and then uh, now I just uh, now I just do it for fun. And your grandfather, I mean, got reading the article. He was buddies with Muhammad Ali. I mean, he mm-hmm. was. Fa- is he still with us? Yes, he is. He's yes. a famous cowboy, right? Yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, a, I like to call him the Jackie Robinson of rodeo. So that's incredible. Yeah, no, he's great. He's great. He's got a lot of stories. Uh, he's been through a lot, man. And my dad and them have so many stories. They continuously tell me about all the stuff he went through, and you know, and it's helped me out along the way. But just he, he's a true pioneer of rodeo. So when your career is over. Does it go into the rodeo circuit? What do you do? You stay? Do you keep in the family tradition? It's not even just keeping the family tradition. It's just like something I want to do. So once I'm done, yeah, that's the first thing I'm jumping right back into. I've already been taking the steps necessary to get it ready and do all that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, like once I'm done, that's 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 where you'll see me. That's awesome. We're gonna have to continue this journey. I can't yeah, wait to see yeah, yeah. like full on competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it a shot. Get back into it. Uh, I'm probably a little bit older, but I'll probably give it. Try to hit it hard for like a couple of years, maybe a year or two. And then if not, then I'll just be back home chilling. Hey, great stuff. We always appreciate you stopping by and good luck the rest of the season. Stay healthy. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. you got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better. All thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.